Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucic. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell joining you. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex is a local Alberta company that supports local business and charities. Digitex, 630 Chad's copier team. Jam-packed edition of Oilers Now for you. Coming up in the first half hour, uh, some thoughts on Canada's loss today to the United States at the World Hockey Championship. Some uh, comments on the ongoing situation involving the Edmonton Oilers coaching Scenarios, plural. Oilers uh, in scouting meetings right now, as are a lot of NHL organizations. Some thoughts on that. Uh, We'll talk a bit about fans and passion and all those sort of terrific things. We'll also have about last night as we'll take a look at last night's NHL action. And uh, yes, indeed, we will get to Elite Promotional Marketing's NHL Today, Elite Promotional Marketing more than just sportswear. 1235, courtesy of the River Creek Resort Casino, who coming up on May the 7th. So what would that be? Today's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. So May 7th would be Monday. Correct. George Thurgood and the Destroyers in town. Monday at the River Creek Resort Casino. Elliot Friedman, who might have some news on a guy we watched today. Ryan O'Reilly at 1235. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Um... Two guys that are fan favorites of this show whenever they make an appearance. Al May, hard-nosed ruffian back in the day, uh, willed his way to the National Hockey League, fought his way out of the SJHL into the uh, Western Hockey League and up the pro ranks. Al May, Washington Capitals television analyst, will join us at 105-135. Louis DeBrusque. We couldn't hook up with Louis yesterday due to security and travel issues as he's made his way back to Vegas. So Louis DeBrusque will join us. And at 145 today, a recap of the Edmonton Oil Kings machinations yesterday at the WHL Bantam Draft. Their general manager, Randy Hanch. 
Randy Hanch, a guy who was the head scout for the Oil Kings when they went uh, to the WHL Championship three straight years. They won it twice in 2012, 2014, 2013. Griffin Reinhardt was injured, and in that league, Griffin Reinhardt was a big-time player. Uh, and, of course, the Edmonton Oil Kings are the only Western Hockey League team in the last decade that has uh, won a Memorial Cup, and I think if you listen to the show enough, uh, I have a, I think you know I have a tremendous amount of passion for the Western Hockey League. I'm concerned about the amount of teams, and I do think it's cyclical, unless you're cheating. And there are some organizations around the CHL that, uh, you know, London seems to have a pretty good team every year. Now, maybe it's because, like Portland, they seem to be able to get American kids uh, with later-round draft picks that are pretty good players to end up committing and going there. Again, uh, we'll have uh, Elliot Freeman at 12.35 today. Our hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. They've also got Nazareth, the greatest Scottish rock band of all time, August the 10th. Tickets to Ticketmaster.ca. You can email us at oilersnow at 630chad.com. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson out at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride, and I can tell you personally, it is worth the drive to head out to Westlock to get your new ride. We're on Twitter. I'm at Bob underscore Stoffer. The show account is at Oilers Now. And Dave Campbell, who's in for two weeks for Brendan Ulrich, who's currently lost in Mexico. <laughs> Haven't seen a post from him in a couple days now. Well, good for him. I wouldn't expect much out of Lair either if I was a single guy in my late 20s in Mexico. I mean, is he living a life uh, like Jeff Bridges' character in Against All Odds? Is that what's going on? Has he found his mm. Rachel Ward? Do you think that might be it? Oh. By the way, Rachel Ward, one of the really kind of underrated symbols of the 1980s, I, yes. I'd suggest to you. Yes. Because in, in that movie, she had a lot going on. There was a lot of, <laughs> you know, first of all, her character was uh, very smart, mm-hmm. right? So that was uh, that was super cool as well. Yeah. Uh, James Wood was, was really creepy in that movie. Is it that? There you go. Against all odds, great song as well by Phil. Is that the best Phil Collins song of all time? Do you think? Uh, either that or something in the air tonight. Yeah, in, yeah, in the air tonight. Those yeah. are probably the top two. Well, we've used, as you know, we've used in the air tonight multiple times. It's a great. It's a great pump up song. Yeah. Even though it's very quiet, but it it builds. We used that uh, with Jack Michaels calls when Connor McDavid returned to the lineup after the broken clavicle. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, we also used it at the uh, start of the playoff run last year. Speaking of playoff run, Dave, last night while you were working the CFL draft, and I will get you to chime in a little bit later on on that, um, I went out to a Southside establishment. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are not a sponsor of the show, so they don't get a free plug. That's just how it kind of works. But uh, to go see some buddies... And had several uh, people that were there chime in about the frustration that we were watching the Winnipeg Jets and that, uh, you know what, the fans didn't have the privilege this year and were not watching. And it's not an automatic that you should make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but there was clearly some frustration with the fact that the Edmonton Oilers uh, did not make the playoffs and, you know, Darn, you know, we should have been in a position this season where, where that occurred. And so we have a lot of people out there cheering for the Winnipeg Jets, and um, and I get that. Uh, but the bottom line is, it sucks that the Edmonton Oilers are not in the playoffs. Yeah. And and so I get Great the fr- I get the frustration that's out there from the fans because at the start of the year, I think a lot of us had the expectation that the team would continue to grow and develop if they didn't do it. Like as an example, this morning. From 8.30 to 11 o'clock, I watched Team Canada against the Americans in the World Hockey Championship. Now, I'm not convinced I'd be watching that game if the Edmonton Oilers had played last night. 
but we did because Connor's playing and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse and um, for some reason they decided not to go get a number one goaltender or they couldn't get they must Ooh. not have, they, they must not have been able to get a number one goalie to commit but the, the fact is Darcy Kemper who played for the Red Deer Rebels in the WHL has bounced around a bit in his NHL career from Minnesota to LA into Arizona signing a two-year extension with a trade that was made at the deadline he was not good early no he wasn't and Canada squandered a two nothing lead but I, I don't necessarily think that some of Canada's players grinded enough like the American guys played and it, they're good. They've got good play. This is a better American team than they've had in past years. They've got a little bit higher caliber players. Uh, Kincaid, Keith Kincaid, not Ruben, but Keith Kincaid, for you Partridge family references out there. I thought Keith Kincaid played very well in yep. golf in the United States. They won the shootout, which did not surprise me. I did not know the international rule that if you took a penalty late in overtime, you could not shoot in the shootout, which happened to Connor McDavid, so he wasn't eligible for the shootout. And he had two, he had two options. Stay in the box yeah. or go to the room. Yeah, Ryan, o- Ryan O'Reilly, though, that guy can play for me. Mm-hmm. He is a good hockey player. He does all of the little things. He is a selfless teammate. And, you know, he made those comments at the end of the year in Buffalo about the, the nature and the culture of the losing and how, how much it sucked. And people are go, oh, you know, he's just being honest. Like, mm-hmm. man, they, you know, they haven't made the playoffs, you know, and they've been continuously bad. Yes, the Oilers broke through last year, and there is a lot of concern. And when I wherever I go, people are like, Bob, are you sure that this team is going to get back to where they need? And I, I personally believe that the team is going to be competitive, you know, and fight for a playoff spot and, and could get close to back to where they were, you know, a 45-point, 100-win, 100-point team like they were a couple of years ago. I, I believe in the group that much. Maybe I'm the eternal optimist. Maybe I'm completely out to lunch. It doesn't, you know what, you don't have to agree with me. That's the beauty of shows like this. Like, you know, we have discussions about this. I will say this, though. When, when you have an organization that failed... And the, the team failed this season. Changes are inevitable. That kind of comes with the territory. Like the Oilers, Dave, they crashed out of that series against Anaheim last year. They lost it in seven games after, you know, basically stealing the first two games in Anaheim. Edmonton actually played better from game three on in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but they lost three one-goal games. And they had $22 million worth of forwards, four forwards, that were supposed to provide them second-line scoring that did not score an even-strength goal. Yep. And that was Ryan Nugent-Hopkins with Jordan Eberle, Milan Lucic, and Benoit Pouliot because they moved Lucic off of that line with Nugent-Hopkins and Eberle and put Pouliot there. And think about that. That that finished the year back in 13-14 as Edmonton's number one uh, line. And they pulled that. Uh, they had those guys together. They're basically playing in the third line. And those guys did not score an even-strength goal, and the Oilers lost three one-goal games, two in overtime, and they didn't get production. So we knew there could be changes there. This year, and a lot of fans have uh, pinned the tail on the you know on the general manager Peter Shirelli, but the, and and that's I get that I get the the sentiment that's out there in terms of well that you know you downgraded your team, Strom did not deliver whatever Everly could have delivered. You didn't have enough secondary scoring. You didn't offset the projected loss of Secker for the first half of the year. All those things aside, but did we did we not think there was going to be changes if that occurred? If the team had this kind of significant regression, that there'd be inevitable changes, including with the coaching staff. And I just want to establish right now, Todd McClellan is a really good guy. And I think you all get that. I think you see Todd when he's doing the interviews and deals with the media and uh, does the extra things, and he understands Western Canada. And there's something to be said for understanding the culture out here, and he gets that. 
I used to joke all the time, Dave, when I worked at the U of A, you'd never go wrong bringing in a coach from Saskatchewan. Because <laughs> right? we had, yeah. you know, uh, Lori Eisler was from Saskatchewan. Rob Dom was from Saskatchewan. They work hard, yep, right? They like, do. They, and they get the Alberta advantage. They proceed in, at that level. They got, and I used to joke about it, but you can never go wrong. There's this perceived rivalry, and there is a rivalry between but, Alberta and Saskatchewan, and especially but, in you know in, 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 in the CF, CFL. CFL, but but, but there, there's a commonality too between right Alberta and, and Saskatchewan. And so I think Todd's good for Edmonton, and I, I think that you'd had so much change between the general manager and the head coaching positions over the years that logic dictated you weren't going to make a move with either of those two spots. But saying that, I think we all knew. Well, wait a sec. The team underperformed. We get it. Todd's, you know, Todd's the right choice to be the head coach. But the fact of the matter is, why would anybody be surprised a week ago that the Oilers made the changes to the coaching staffs that they did? I mean, in, in Jay Woodcroft's uh, situation, I would argue with you that the assist or the head coach at the American Hockey League level is a more important job than the NHL assistant. I, I, I'd argue that, that you, because you're developing the players for the future, and you're also developing yourself as a head coach. And he needed to take that step. In Jim Johnson's case, Jim is a good guy. Uh, for a lot of guys out there that like direct-to-the-point conversations, you'd like Jim Johnson, right? That said, we saw some regression with some of the defensemen. Jim was in charge of the penalty killing for the better part of two years, and Jim would be the first to admit that it wasn't good enough. So would we? And I and I could totally see Jim getting another job in the NHL. In Ian, Ian Herbert's case, his contract was up. He was going to have to get an extension. He said on the show, I don't think he was comfortable with being the third assistant. He wanted to take on more responsibility, and he had the option to return the... So why would anybody be surprised that changes were made with the coaching staff? It was sort of inevitable, I, I would suggest. Well, I think John Shannon made a good point on your show, on this show on Monday. Yeah. There was too much agreement. There was too much cohesion. There was too much, yeah, okay, th- this is what, we, what we're doing, and uh, we like what we're doing, and, you know, it was an interesting point, and there has to be some debate among coaching staff. There has to be challenging of the assistant coach to the head coach and, and vice versa. And it sounds like there wasn't much of that this well, year. Well, that's what the best people want, okay? Yeah. That, like, I might know a couple guys that are captains of industry, okay? One of them uh, used to technically uh, be the vice president of the company that owned this radio cluster back when they had about 15 to 17 TV stations and roughly 45 to 50 radio stations. That guy never wanted to be BS'd, okay? Mm-hmm. I would hazard a guess, and I'm not saying I've had this conversation or shed, I won't open the kimono up, it's a business term, too much, but I would hazard a guess that Daryl Cates probably doesn't want to be BS'd about the position that the team's in, Okay. It's not all, oh, let's put our head in the sands and everything's perfect in the world. The team had a bad year. So it's inevitable that there's going to be changes made on that front. Now, what happens that's new? A couple things. Uh, we've talked about Trent Yanni since day one. I felt that Trent Yanni, there was a higher probability of Trent Yanni for sure being in Edmonton than uh, Glenn Gullitson. A couple of reasons why I'm not sure on Gullitson. I'm not even sure the Flames would technically allow that. I'm not sure how that works. I know they've dismissed him. To me, there would have to be, like, is that something that happened? Like, put yourself, reverse it, all right? So let's say let's say the scenario was that the Oilers had made the move with McClellan and the Flames had kept Gullitson, and then the Flames came to Edmonton and said, well, now we want McClellan to be our associate coach. 
if you're an Oilers fan, you might be going, hmm, I don't know. So I'm not, I don't know how that scenario potentially works on that front. Uh, I guess time will tell. I know this. I think Glenn Gullitson would be a great fit in Edmonton with Trent Yanni. And then the third assistant, um, to me, that's a guy that maybe doesn't have NHL experience, maybe has had recent experience dealing with younger players. I know we've mentioned, you know, like a guy like uh, uh, Emmanuel uh, Viv- uh, Viveros, as an example, I'm trying to get the pronunciation right, out of Swift Current, who, by the way, tonight opened up the, the WHL Championship Series. He's going to have lots of, lots of options. Maybe another option like that even in the Pacific Division. I could foresee. He'll also have American Hockey League head coaching options. But a guy like that might make sense. It's recently dealt with younger players because the Oilers have got they've got young players and you have to get the most out of your young players. Dave, quickly on the, the scouting meetings, to be a bird in the wall on those conversations, I would love it. I would really I do sense amongst the fans, and you don't have to agree with me, but I do sense there is building confidence in the work that Keith Gretzky uh, we'll be doing it with Bob Green based on Keith's track record in Boston, specifically in 2014, which I'm told is the last year he was kind of allowed to run the draft the way he saw fit to run the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, there's rumors out there, well, c- could the Oilers get Ristolainen for the number 10 overall? I don't see it. Why would Buffalo do that? Ristolainen was drafted eighth. He's a right-shot offensive defenseman that uh, plays 25 minutes a game. You don't move that for that pick. In my world, you don't do that. I will give you two two scenarios, though, again, one of them makes less sense than the other. Okay? So Calgary and Nashville both don't have picks in the first and second round. Okay? In Nashville's case, they've got Ryan Ellis. He's got a year left in his deal next year, $2.5 million. Then he's going to need – then he's going to get paid five to $6 million bucks. Is that a guy who gets in the game at the next level? Probably. Can Nashville afford to sign him? I'm not sure. Would they like to move somebody else? Well, the other guys they've got signed, the, the two other guys, Roman Yossi and Matias Ekholm, they've got signed a really good contracts. So maybe a guy like that pops out. And then the wild card is Dougie Hamilton. But again, would Calgary trade Dougie Hamilton? I mean, we're hearing rumblings they might consider it. Would they trade him to Edmonton? I don't know. But to me, Ristolainen makes less sense than those other two guys. So there you have it. And again, just to reiterate the point, Dave, I, I, I get the fan frustration out there with what occurred. As you're, you're sitting there, and I'm thinking, I should be broadcasting game right now because this mm-hmm. team should have been capable of pushing for a Pacific Division. And I don't think the Pacific Division was that good this year, which just reinforces the fact that the level of underachievement, real frustration for the fan base. And I have empathy for that because people shell out a lot of money to go to those games. Advertisers pay a lot of money to be involved in the broadcasts and and, and support the hockey team. So I totally get that frustration. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you go through 10 straight seasons of yep. darkness, the decade of darkness, um, and you experience what this city experienced last year and then to experience what looks too familiar to those 10 seasons... The cynicism is natural. Yeah, and totally understand it. And it's hard to sell, if you're the Oilers, hope right now. But that's their job. Um, they have changed their direction with their coaching staff. I think it's prudent to keep the course with Peter Shirelli, even though he had a down year, in my opinion. Uh, Tom McClellan had a down year. The team had a down year. But you can't you can't keep it the same. So we'll see now with with new voices under. Todd McClellan. We'll see what that influence is. But yeah, this team, and they know it, and I, I mentioned it to you a couple of days ago, the urgency I sense in Peter Shirelli's voice, who doesn't give you a lot, but he was very, I think, forthcoming and open about 
um, where the team needs to go. Yep. And and people want to people want to criticize him for not being more accountable. But what do you want him to say? Well, I just. I completely was. I was awful. I don't expect him to say that. But well, what he did, he did say last Friday, and you you ran the interview because we we did the the interview after Oilers now last Friday. So it ran on Inside Sports, and you were hosting the show. Yep. What he did say it's my job to provide better players. Yep. For bottom line here, that was a, an admission of accountability. We're going to take a a one minute break. Come back quickly. Get into about last night and get to NHL today. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell, with you in Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1225 at Edmonton. Last night, the Pittsburgh Penguins knocked off the Washington Capitals of Jenny Malkin scoring the eventual game winner. Here's Mike Lang. The crystal tang of the fans back to Kessel. Wristing one block, gets it back, shoots it. And handcuffed will be rebound. The Penguins Malkin did he score? The Penguins seem to think it might be in, but it's not apparently. The referee right there on the spot did not point to the net that the puck was in. It's a good goal. And Kenny Malkin will get it. So Pittsburgh evens that series with Washington 2-2. It's been a beauty so far. So, too, has Winnipeg and the National Predators' Pete Weber with the call on P.K. Subban's 2-0 goal last night. Here's Johansson in the left circle. Arvidsson from behind the net tips it back out. Johansson swings it for Subban. Gives it now back to Subban. And the score! And the Predators take a 2-0 lead. And they ultimately hang on for 2-1 win. Winnipeg with a good push late. Uh, let's get to NHL today as we fire up the Art Bell Show. Uh, this is NHL Today brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, here's Dave Campbell. And we are west of the Rockies. No, we're east of the Rockies. That's right. Okay, whoops. <laughs> I outsmarted myself. Two Stanley Cup playoff games tonight in Boston. The Bruins trying to even up their series with the Tampa Bay Lightning at two. Brad Marchand, Drake DeBrus, game time decisions. Both mispracticed yesterday. DeBrus did take part in the optional this morning. Western Conference game five, second round series. Knights and Sharks in Vegas. Series tied at two games apiece. Canada losing for a 5-4 in a shootout. Cam Atkinson scoring twice, including the winner in the sixth round. Connor McDavid with one assist in the game. Canada 0-1. They will play Korea on Sunday. Dallas Stars have made Jim Montgomery their second head coach in three years to go from the college ranks to the NHL. The other, Dave Haxdahl, hired out of Collegiate Power North Dakota. Montgomery was hired after spending the past five seasons with the University of Denver. WHL Game 1, or WHL Final Game 1 tonight in Swift Current. Broncos hosting the Everett Silvertips. Doyle Cup, the Spruce Grove Saints, down three games to one to the Wenatchee Wild. So they'll try to stay alive tonight. Game time, 7 o'clock in Spruce Grove. I will take Everett in six in that series. Last night in the OHL, we had Steve Stales on. Hamilton knocked off the Sioux 4-3 in overtime. 
Still going to take the Sioux in six in that series there. 12-28 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back on 6.30, Chad, we will hear from Elliot Friedman, courtesy of the River Cree Resort Casino. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad.